Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. Um, thanks for joining us. We sure appreciate all of you that join us and share these podcasts and rate this podcast. And But as I've said many times, the heroes of this podcast are the people that bravely step forward and share their stories. And we have one of the youngest guests ever. I it may be the youngest um, of all time, and that's my friend, my new friend, McKenna Goodrich. Welcome to the podcast, McKenna. Of course. Thank you for having me. McKenna's mom, Alicia, was on the podcast episode 596 that was released in December of 2022. And in that podcast, she talked about her lesbian um, 17-year-old daughter. And that lesbian 17-year-old daughter, active Latter-day Saint, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? (laughs) willing to share her story with all of us. And um, she came out to her mom at age 15 and um, is active in the church, goes to seminary, plans to serve a mission. Um, But how brave of it is for McKenna to be willing to share her soul story, um, her story with our listeners. And McKenna, before we started, said, please, can we say a prayer? And we usually do that, but I just like that McKenna wanted to do that. I think it gives you an insight into her and uh, who she is and her faith and courage. And our prayers, this will help those of you that are out or closeted, um, maybe some of you that are particularly young and wondering how to navigate this. Um, McKenna's a junior at high school, as well as parents listening to, um, is it okay if I use the term queer at times, McKenna? Oh, of course, yeah. Is that okay? Totally fine. Um, um, I want to hear about how to raise a queer um, child at home or a young woman's leader or a young man's leader that recognize they may have LGBTQ youth either out or not out in their um, respective organizations. So is that okay for an introduction, McKenna? It is wonderful. Thank you. Before you tell your story, what are your hopes for this podcast? Let some people feel spiritual impressions that they want to step forward and share their story. What are your hopes? Um, well, I've always, um, in a way, felt that I needed to um, kind of be out there in the world in a way and um, just kind of uh, teach about what I believe and stuff like that and just to mainly help others. Um, And so I, um, ever since uh, the idea came to me that I could be on one of these, um, I've been like super excited ever since. And um, this was actually supposed to happen um, a few months ago, True. <laughs> but um, uh, I had to cancel um, on that. And I really feel like God had a hand in that for sure. Um, Cause I've definitely had some experience um, just in the past few months to help prepare me for this podcast. So just to um, share what I've been through, um, share my beliefs as well as uh, what the church's standpoint is. Um, as well as some worldly pointed views, um, and also to help parents, as well as um, those who may be LGBTQ and in the church or um, not in the church, anything like that, and who may be closeted. So just kind of to be open to everybody and help whoever I can. That's great. It's just out of love. So thanks for doing this. I think I may have mentioned you're joining us from Georgia. You live in Canton, which is near Atlanta. Maybe I already mentioned that, listeners, but I wanted to make sure kind of got context where uh, McKenna is. So go ahead and share your story with us, McKenna. 
Alrighty. Well, um, as you said, my name is McKenna Goodrich. Um, I am 17 years old, just a few months away from 18. Very excited. <laughs> um, I, I identify as a lesbian and I'm a proud believer of my beloved savior, Jesus Christ and my heavenly father. Um, and I am a proud member of the um, LDS church, which is also um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but most people know as Mormon. <laughs> um, so I kind of wanted to start out with how did I know um, about my sexuality? Um, and, to, and to be honest, I've actually kind of known since I was really, really young. Uh, my mom actually has a video of me wearing, let's see, I'm three years old. Um, hairspray is playing in the background and I have my, one of my brother's ties on and I'm just kind of dancing and singing to hairspray. <laughs> um, so that was kind of just like a fun little thing that I, um, that I saw a few months ago. I'm like, Oh, well, how, how did I not know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so in a way I've always kind of known that I was different, um, in some way. Um, when I was younger, I always found myself more um, drawn to women in a way in their beauty um, instead of um, maybe like the cute guy in a movie or something like that. Um, but I never really ever thought anything of it. Um, but I actually didn't know that um, being LGBTQ was a thing until um, I was in sixth grade. Um, and then, so that didn't really like bother me too much. Um, but of course my natural response was kind of, oh, that's, that's like weird. Okay. <laughs> um, cause, and it was never ever, um, anything that was talked about in church either. Um, so I didn't exactly know what the church's standpoint was, um, anything like that. And then, um, my first crush, um, was actually in seventh grade. Um, but I didn't really recognize it as a crush. I knew that um, the way that I felt towards her was a little bit different, but I never um, categorized or labeled it as a crush, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and so I um, began to notice um, uh, a different way that I felt towards girls than guys. Cause I would have a lot of, um, uh, my girlfriends would like talk about like, Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Like all that stuff. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. He's cute. <laughs> but I never was like ever, I guess, really excited about it, I guess. Um, and I've always been a tomboy growing up and I kind of used that label of being a tomboy to explain everything for me. Um, so because I wasn't girly, like, and I was a tomboy instead, it was okay that I was, um, I don't know, I played soccer for a while. Um, so that kind of seemed to explain everything on, okay, it's okay that she's like, um, not too into guys because that's too like girly in a way. Um, but then I started to, um, noticed more and more that I was, um, more drawn to girls than guys. Um, and this was, um, in eighth grade, like kind of the beginning of eighth grade. So I had barely, I was barely 13, um, or 14. 
yeah, <laughs> one of those. Um, and so, and I actually began thinking like, oh my gosh, am I gay? Like, do I like girls on maybe on bi or something like that? Um, but I was really afraid and scared to, um, I don't know, there's all those like, am I gay quizzes and stuff like that. Um, but I was like too scared to like actually go in depth with how I was feeling because I felt that it was wrong. Um, and it was like never really mentioned at all. No one in my family ever talked about it. Um, I knew of people who were LGBTQ. I had uh, maybe one or two LGBTQ friends. Um, but it was never just really talked about. And it didn't really bother me. It was just kind of there. And I was like, oh, well, I would never choose that. Um, cause at that time I thought it was a choice. <laughs> um, but the more I began to realize my feelings, um, I began to, um, in a way kind of mentally punish myself. Um, I began telling myself, no, we're not going to do that. That's not for you. Um, like what would God think, you know, stuff like that. Um, like this isn't right. Um, you're not going to be gay, all this stuff. And I started to begin, um, hating myself. Um, but then the thought kind of came to me, I was like, okay, well, haven't you liked a guy before? Um, and so I was actually like kind of thinking about that and I was like, yeah, I'm sure that I like guys. Maybe I might be just a little bit bi or something, but I'm sure that I definitely like guys. And I kind of took it as a challenge to prove that to myself because I didn't want to be, um, LGBTQ. Um, and so, um, in a way I liked this guy and, um, I know that he liked me back. This was in eighth grade. And for those of you who don't know, um, one of our youth guidelines in our church is that, um, uh, preferably, um, we don't date until we're 16. Um, but I guess in my mind, this was a risk I was willing to take. <laughs> Um, I wasn't 16, obviously it was in eighth grade. Um, and so I was like, you know what, if I get a boyfriend, like all of this will go away. Um, and so that was genuinely how I thought. And so, um, um, so this guy and I, um, it was more of like a, uh, little kid school romance in a way the title was there and sure we would held um, hold hands and stuff like that. Um, but that was kind of it. There wasn't like any, like going on dates outside of church. So I don't really, it's not technically boyfriend and girlfriend, but <laughs> that's just what we called it. Um, and so I, I was like, okay, like we're gonna, we're gonna do this. This is going to happen. And all of that is going to go away. Um, and actually being in that relationship made things worse for me. And it made me realize even more, yeah, I think I'm gay. Um, and so I um, I would like hold hands with him and stuff like that, give him hugs. Um, and some of my friends would ask me about it, like, oh my gosh, like your heart racing, like stuff like that. And like, no, like I was kind of confused on like what they were meaning in like, um, in the sense of me liking him. Um, and so I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, and so I broke things off between us. I didn't tell him, um, about, um, uh, me questioning my sexuality because one, I felt like it would hurt him. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and two, because I wasn't really ready to tell that to people. And I was still discovering things for myself. Um, and so I was in Utah for a summer break. Um, um, and this was actually um, a little bit during the time when uh, me and this guy were still together. Um, and so um, I don't remember how, but um, I was, so I was visiting my dad. My parents are divorced. Um, my mom, um, so I have my birth mom, my stepdad, and then my birth dad and my stepmom. Um, and at the time, my dad and my stepmom lived in Utah. So my brother and I were over there visiting. And I don't remember how, but somehow um, my birth father found out that um, I technically had a boyfriend. Um, <laughs> and so he calls me into his room. I'm, of course, like kind of like nervous. I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, and then he just kind of like sets me down. Um, and he's like, McKenna, why did you decide to get a boyfriend? And I just start bursting into tears. And I said, dad, I think I'm bi. Um, that was the first time I had ever said that out loud to someone. Um, that was the first time I had kind of, um, idealized the situation that I was in. Um, and of course, like, I didn't know what to expect and he, I'm sure he definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, um, but, and so it's all just kind of confusing and he kind of had a, um, kind of a quick response because he didn't know exactly what to say. And it was like pretty shocking. Um, but what he said was something like, um, well, your stepmom is a tomboy, um, but she's not gay. Um, and at the time it kind of hurt a little bit, but I kind of completely understand where he was coming from. Because, um, of course, this is a scary new thing and, and new idea that both of us have to deal with now. Um, and it's kind of understandable to kind of be like, well, you're also like someone else. So maybe you're just a little bit confused or something like that. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time I had ever, like, said something like that. Um, and then I was kind of thinking some more on it. Um, and I kind of came to the conclusion that I was by. So, um, I told just kind of maybe a few more people that's it. Um, and then, so that break is over. So I fly back to Georgia, um, to visit with my mom and I'm of course like really nervous. <laughs> and I think it was a few days later, I'm like, mom, I need to talk to you. <laughs> um, cause my dad had actually contacted my mom. He was like, hey, McKenna needs to talk to you about something. He didn't tell her what, which I am grateful for. <laughs> um, but it was actually in the room that I'm in now that it happened. And I just, I was kind of like shaking a little bit. I was really twitchy. And my mom's like, Kenna, what's going on? And I just burst into tears again. I'm like, mom, I think I'm bi. Um, and um, I don't fully remember exactly what happened next, but it was kind of like, again, this new idea and stuff that was going on. Um, but the more that I thought about it, um, this idea of me being bi, I knew it wasn't true. Um, <laughs> because um, 
I, so I like to think a lot. (laughs) And so as I was starting to come out to a few more people as bi, I, in a way, I consciously already knew that I was lying to him and that me saying that I'm bi wasn't true. Um, Because in truth, I knew that I was, um, or identified more as a lesbian. Um, But for me, I kind of um, started to say that I was bi to people to kind of in a way, give them a head start and heads up <laughs> um, on what might be, on what could happen, like this idea that I am attracted to girls. Um, but I, I don't know. It was just really interesting because um, at one point I was like, McKenna, you know, you're lying. Um, you know that you don't, um, feel this attraction um, to guys like you do girls. Um, and so, and then I kind of came to terms with myself a month later um, that, yes, I am a lesbian. Um, and then um, I think it was a week and a half or two weeks after my 15th birthday, um, I decided to come out to my family. Um, so, for the most part, my mom and my, so my parents, um, kind of knew, um, or the idea, um, was still that I'd buy. So I never like told anybody that I was a lesbian, except for maybe, um, one young women's leader, uh, who I was really close with as well as, um, uh, one of my best friends. Um, and so I actually, um, my mom mentioned this, um, when she was on here, um, I, so I have group me for, um, my mom's side of the family and my stepdad's side of the family. And so I kind of just sent a mass text saying, Hey, I just wanted you guys to know that I identify as a lesbian. Um, but I'm still wanting to be part of the church. I love the church. Um, I know that Heavenly Father loves me and I love you guys. And I know that this may be hard, but please know that I'm still the same person. Um, and then I also sent that out to, um, some people from my dad's side, as well as my stepmom's side. Um, and I was actually hiding in the bathroom at this time because I was really scared. Um, and so, um, I was kind of expecting, um, the people on my mom's side and, um, my stepdad's side to be kind of less accepting, I guess. Um, I do have, um, a member of my family, um, who is gay on my, um, stepmom's side. So that part of the family knows. So I thought that they would be like, kind of like more accepting. Um, but in a way, like things actually kind of flipped for me, um, almost immediately, um, I got, um, great loving comments from um, my mom and my stepdad's side, which was really comforting and great, um, especially since I didn't know how they would handle something like this. Um, and then um, for my um, dad's side, um, my grandparents sent me some loving messages, which was awesome. Um, I had a few cousins reach out, which was great. Um, but for the most part, uh, no one really like said anything. Um, 
Um, and so we actually had a break coming up. Um, and so I was with my mom that break. And so we kind of just took like a week off. We went down to Florida, went to the beach, which actually helped kind of relax, <laughs> relax me a little bit. Like, okay, kind of get my mind off things. Um, but it was definitely still just a scary, scary time for me. Um, and then, um, when I got back, um, so I was spending the, uh, weekend with my dad, I believe. Um, and so I knew that I had to like talk to them because <laughs> this wasn't something that we could just like ignore, um, stuff like that. Um, and, um, some things that were said did definitely hurt for sure. Um, and within those few weeks, um, I had been told that um, what I did was wrong, um, as well as um, by calling myself a lesbian, I'm no longer um, a daughter of God. I'm instead replacing that title. Um, and just things like that just, that just were really hurtful, especially since I was still um, trying to love myself. Um, and come to terms with myself with all of this. Um, yeah. And so I just, I was like, I, I was praying. I would hide in my closet, ironically, and just, um, kind of pray, but also like, I don't know. I was just like crying kind of the whole time, praying to God. I was like, I just, I don't know why I have to be so different. I just want this to all be over um, stuff like that. Um, cause I didn't, I didn't ask to be like this. I didn't want to be like this. Um, just, just things like that. Um, and so, and then I was like, you know what? I'm, I want to get my patriarchal blessing. Um, Richard is, I don't really know how to, um, clearly explain a patriarchal blessing. Would you help me out with that? <laughs> That's a you first of all, you're doing a great job, McKenna, sharing your story. Thank you're you. very brave and you're very courageous and you're very articulate. You're doing a terrific job. A patriarchal blessing, listeners, is um this blessing from someone who's set apart in each state called a patriarch to um state your lineage, what tribe you're from, and as well give you a principle-based blessing about your future. And it may or may not talk about marriage, may or may not talk about marriage, um, but just have principles of guidance for your future. And often people get it about McKenna's age, sometimes later, especially if they join the church later, but it's kind of a one-time blessing um, if you grow up in the church, generally in your kind of age range. That was perfect. Thank you. Um yeah, so I decided to um, go get my patriarchal blessing, and um, uh, being the person that I am, I felt that I. Um, this is also like kind of, kind of partially required when you get your patriarchal blessing, um, to be kind of uh, spiritually prepared, as well as like in a way, kind of mentally prepared as well. Um, just kind of getting yourself ready to um, receive this uh, personal revelation and stuff like that. Um, and so, um, I didn't, um, really fully start crying until, um, uh, it got into this one part where it talked about, um, uh, my future family. 
And it also uh, mentioned um, that one day I would um, find a righteous young man um, to um, love and take to the temple and have a family with. And that just meant so much to me um, because through this process of me coming out and coming to terms with who I am, my main concern was what does this mean for me in the church? Um, not feeling like I was worthy to even go to church. Um, I thought that I wouldn't be allowed to go inside our temples anymore. Um, or things like that. I didn't even know if I could go on a mission. (laughs) Um, but I, I now know and have the knowledge that I am more than welcome at church. Um, I am worthy to be at church and everybody is always worthy to um to go to church no matter what they're struggling with or um who they think they are they're always um welcome because we're all God's children and um he loves all of us just the same um and with going to the temple um i remember um my first temple recommend interview um when i um was out to most people. Um, the one of the questions came up and it said, Do you feel worthy um, to go inside the temple? And I just paused um, and tears started to form in my eyes. And I was going to say no because I'm gay. Um, but part of me didn't say that because of fear. Um, and the other part didn't say that because um, I heard this voice saying, um, and telling me that you're worthy. Um, and so I said, yes, I think I'm worthy. Um, and I'm very glad that I said that because, um, so we have this, um, thing called the gospel library app, um, where you can find a lot of different topics and scriptures and all those things. Um, and so I went down to the life help section and went to same-sex attraction to kind of like gain the church's uh, knowledge and perspective on that. Um, And it mainly just says um, you're more than welcome. Um, And we encourage everybody to be loving, open, and welcoming to people who are LGBTQ um, and stuff like that. And that just made me so happy. Um, and I also found out that I could also go on a mission, which was um, something that I've um, always wanted to do. Um, and so that is actually my plan right now after um, I graduate high school. Um, yeah, so that's kind of <laughs> um, the big part of my journey. Richard, do you have any comments or questions or anything like that? Um, just a great job, McKenna. Um, you're really brave to come out at 15 and to do a podcast at 17. And, (laughs) um, and so I'm just, now I pray kind of silently that the last questions are in the mind of our listeners right now. Um, maybe a simpler question before I ask maybe more complicated ones. Um, some women take the label gay, some lesbian, and you've kind of used gay and lesbian interchangeably. Talk about just that label and why you primarily identify as lesbian. Okay. Um, it's, it's a journey for everyone. 
um, whether you're LGBTQ or not, um, kind of finding who we are is one of the main reasons why, um, well, that I believe why we're here on this earth to find out who we are and to use that and those talents and, um, the knowledge that we have to make it back to our heavenly father. Um, and so as I was trying to kind of discovering, uh, my identity and who I am, um, uh, lesbian was kind of one that I felt more comfortable with. Um, I do have, um, some friends who will identify as queer or later on say that they're bi, something like that. Um, it really just kind of depends, but, um, my message to all you listeners with that is to be patient, um, with everybody and especially with finding their identity. Um, cause I do have, um, a friend that identified as bi and then later on she identified as lesbian. Um, and then later, um, to find out that she, um, um, feels that she's actually bi. Um, so it really just depends. Um, there's a lot of different labels that I can't keep track of. <laughs> um, but yeah, just being patient with that and really just open and understanding with that as well. Um, does that kind of help that's, answer that? <laughs> that was great. And, um, that's my experience too. I, when someone changes their label, I don't roll my eyes and go, oh my, and say something silently <laughs> to myself. Oh no, here we go again. I just recognize that generally, just like McKenna was feeling at a young age, I'm not 100% straight and I'm in this space and I'm trying to come to terms with that. And it, and I think we should give grace to those of you that are walking this road and those of you that are around people walking this road that it's going to take some time for them. Um, to figure out exactly where they are and what their label is, and we should honor where they are. And and if they change labels, not to think that where they are is not then not genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I love, um, I'm aware of that critical comment you brought up that you're a daughter of God. And I think what McKenna is trying to teach us listeners is our primary label is, um, you know, a daughter, a son of God. Um, President mm-hmm. Nelson talks about those three labels. And I don't think taking on a sub-label then means that you don't believe in those three labels. We have Tongan branches, we have, you know, Swahili branches, we organize whole units around culture or language. And so I think it's, I think it's totally appropriate for people to take on labels in the queer spectrum. And if we tell them not to do that, I think it just creates shame um, that who they are, we don't want to talk about and please don't talk about it. And Shame is one of Satan's greatest tools to separate us from the love of our Heavenly Father. So if I tell McKenna, don't take on a label, um, I think that creates shame. And and so I, I just think we're as we hear McKenna's story, we know better. Um, let me ask a question about your patriarchal blessing. It talks about marrying a man. Um, do you want to marry a man? Um, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up. <laughs> um, so at first, um, I was, um, so I, um, I have trust issues when it comes to guys, especially my age. <laughs> um, I just, I can tend to feel really uncomfortable around them in a more, when it comes to a more romantic way. Um, but like, I have no trouble being like friends, um, 
and stuff like that with them because I think that they're great friends. Um, but I, so at first I was actually really opposed to um, the idea of me marrying a guy and I wasn't fully sure about me marrying a girl either because I was kind of, um, I guess in a way it was um, my internalized homophobia um, of me marrying a girl because that still felt um, kind of wrong to me. Um, but as my uh, faith and testimony in Jesus Christ and in the church has grown stronger, um, I've actually come to terms with that. Yes, I do want to marry a man. Um, and I have um, had experience with dating um, both guys and girls. Um, and I actually became really good friends with um, this one guy. We're still really good friends today. Um, and I, I just remember um, being not physically attracted to him, but attracted to him because of his spirit and the Christ-like attributes that he has and um, just the person that he is. And in my blessing actually says I will be attracted to him because of his Christ-like attributes. Um, and so I uh, began to um, have these more romantic feelings towards him um, because of who he is, who he is and his values and stuff like that. Um, and so I actually um, contacted one, him one day saying, hey, I don't know if you know this, but um, I identify as a lesbian. And I have to be completely honest here. Um, this is kind of new for me, um, but I really like you um, in that more romantic way. Um, and it turns out that he also felt the same way. And yes, he did actually know um, about my sexuality. Um, and so we went on a few dates. We went to um, our uh, church prom, Mormon prom together. <laughs> um, and he was. He's just one of the most amazing guys that I've ever met. Um, and um, we aren't um, going on dates anymore. We're still really good friends, though. Um, and um, but during that time, I began to really and truly love him. Um, and it was a different kind of love than I've ever felt for anyone before. Um, it was a the way that I can uh, describe it is a more eternal love, um, one that could last on through um, past this world. And I feel like um, that's, um, at least for me, I feel like that's how it should be um, when it comes to um, who you marry instead of a worldly sense of, oh my gosh, they're really attractive, um, but they're also like really nice and stuff like that. Um, I've come to learn and understand that there definitely is a, um, a fine difference. And I don't really know how to explain that. Um, but it's just, um, part of the experience that I've had. Um, and so I, um, we were talking one day and he wanted to talk to me about something. He's like, Hey, I don't think we should, um, I start to go out anymore. Um, and stuff like that. And it was, it was really hard for the both of us. Um, cause we had very strong feelings for each other, but we both knew that that was what was best. Um, 
And yeah, we're both, we've both talked about it. We're like, I can't wait to see um, who you marry and um, stuff like that. I'm sure that there'll be a great, fantastic person. So, and he's the only guy that I've ever um, felt that way for, especially um, towards a guy. Um, I haven't had that feeling ever since, but um, just knowing that there is a guy out there for me is very, very comforting for me. Yeah. It's a great answer to a harder question. Um, <laughs> and listeners, when I, um, I think it's easy for, we could potentially want to put our story in the middle of a McKenna story or our feelings about where somebody should go, but I think we should support McKenna. Um, and, and, you know, and I admire you being out to this guy. And I would think the the guy that's going to marry you is going to be comfortable and would like that vulnerability about you. Some may say, well, McKenna, you've blown your chances to marry a guy because you're out as a lesbian. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I think um, what McKenna is out as being vulnerable and real and honest and authentic with how she's created now her Heavenly Father feels about her. And to me, that's a good thing. And um, vulnerability and honesty and connection are often foundational points of a strong marriage. And I just invite, you know, LGBTQ Latter-day Saints to work closely with God and write their own story. And our job as fellow Latter-day Saints is to give them principles to write their own story and not sort of get our feelings in the middle of that. Um, So I think you're doing a great job. And um, I've talked about this in the past, but I think, you know, for younger Latter-day Saints pre-mission age, um, you've got to figure out if you're going to come out or not. Um, McKenna's decided to come out, and um, that may not be the path for everybody. Um, you may feel, but I think you need to come out to God and find out how God feels about you, because I think that will be helpful for you and to not feel the some of the shame that McKenna talked about that seems like everybody feels when they first realize they're not straight. Um, but often that shame can melt away if you realize how God feels about you. And then coming out like McKenna's been brave enough to do and get other people around you that still love you just the same, then shame is Satan's greatest tool, I think, um, to separate us from our love of our Heavenly Father. But, sure. any, but anyway, then build your foundation, serve a mission if you feel that's the right way, and then you'll come to these forks in the road. Are you going to be celebrating a same-sex marriage, and are you going to be a mixed-orientation marriage? And I think you're better to make those decisions out of faith. And like McKenna's doing right now is dating some guys and seeing how that works and getting some experience. Um, and maybe you're dating some girls too, just to get some experience there. And I would just trust you. You're 17 years old and you're really mature. I'm not your parent, um, obviously, <laughs> or, your, or your leader, but I, my general reaction is to trust people and, and to say, I'll walk with you as you figure this out and let's make faith-based, principle-based decisions. So. I think you're doing a really good job. Um, I wanted to read, and then I want McKenna to, I don't want to hijack McKenna's story here, but I got it. <laughs> you're going to serve a mission. And I do have about a group of missionaries that have reached out to me before their mission and kind of told me they're not straight, they're gay or lesbian. And then sometimes I get on their emails and one elder that's serving, he's openly gay. Um, he, he wrote something here that I thought might be helpful 
to all of us. I was just so impressed with his maturity. It reminds me of you, McKenna. Um, he kind of talks about it's not easy to grow up in the church and be gay. And he talks about Hebrews 12, 11, and talking about laying aside things that weigh us down in sin. And then I'll read um, word for word here, if I can find the beginning of this. Since then, I've learned the sin that I needed to lay aside was not the attraction, this integral part of me. It was actually my thoughts about that integral part of me. You see, I thought I needed to take a scalpel or rather a butcher's knife and dismember the so-called tumor that I thought made me slow, ill, and heavy in the run of life. Over time, through heartfelt prayer and fasting, as well as with the shoulders of mortal angels around me, I've learned that my attraction is not a sin. The strongest confirmation of love for my Heavenly Father I've ever felt, it is that He made me the way I am for a purpose that my attraction is divinely given. And in that realization, I identified the real sin, the real weight that was acting as a droge on my run of patience. The real sin for me was self-criticism, self-hatred. The sin was that I thought I could call one of God's creatures, me, a mistake, an accident. That is sinful. That is what was weighing me down. Once I learned to use Christ's atonement to repent of that sin, I was able to set that weight aside and run faster and longer. So, you know, some of my LGBTQ friends are really spiritually mature at a young age because you've had to rely on Heavenly Father and the Savior and a lot of fasting and personal prayer to get um, understanding of walking this road. And yeah. so I thought his thoughts were very helpful. and. Some would say, wow, you're going to serve a mission as an openly and lesbian Latter-day Saint. And um, talk about that. If someone says, well, wait a second, McKenna, can you serve a mission as an openly and lesbian Latter-day Saint? And will you be out on your mission? And if so, why? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I actually, um, one of my friends who is out on her mission right now, she has a sister who is LGBTQ and um, I just felt the impression one day to reach out to her because it had been a while. I was like, you know what? I'll just go say hi to her. Um, and she um, she knows that I am LGBTQ. Um, and she was like, hey, my sister actually kind of recently came out and she um, doesn't really know where she wants to kind of be with the church. But um, she um, was kind of wondering if like you would be able to serve a mission. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. <laughs> um so yes, the church is uh, fully open to LGBTQ members serving a mission. Um, and I've always had the desire to want to want to go on a mission. Um, and with time, I've um, it's one of the things that I want to do. Um, one of the reasons being I know that it can help it can help me um, grow my testimony, um, in the church, as well as strengthen my testimony and faith through Jesus Christ and of my heavenly father as well. Um, as well as, um, serving other people. Um, and yeah, I just, um, I think, um, it's, so it's not a, a lot of people think that it is a required thing in our church. Um, but really it's not, it's a personal thing that we get to choose for ourselves. Um, and I don't want anything that I say regarding the church, um, and who I am to, 
um, kind of affect anyone in the way of, oh, well, she's doing it. So like you should do it. (laughs) I don't want that to be an expectation for anyone. Um, but this is just what I feel is right for me. And as far as being, um, open and out to my sexuality on a mission, I think it depends on where I am. Um, but my mom actually got me a, um, pin, um, that is in, um, a shield shape, um, with the, uh, pride flag colors, um, on the back of it. Um, and it says, I'll walk with you. Um, so I definitely think that, um, if I'm at a place where I, um, spiritually and physically and worldly feel, um, okay to let that out there, I definitely will. Um, but yeah, it definitely depends on where I am, um, and, um, how I feel impressed to, embrace that part of myself and share it with others um, as well throughout my mission. It's a really terrific answer. And I think it teaches a really, a really important principle about personal revelation. I, if you were straight, I probably wouldn't be asking all these questions about your future, (laughs) who you're going to marry and how's your life going to turn out. But we tend to ask these questions of, of queer Latter-day Saints because we're wondering of all these options out there. And um, even the question I asked about, are you going to be out on your mission and you, um, answered that in a really thoughtful way that I'll, and you, I think you kind of said, I'll, I'll know what to do um, at that time. And I love mm-hmm. Elder Bednar's talk about personal revelation that often the, he talks about the dramatic light switch. And then he talks about most of the personal revelation is just, it's the sun gradually coming up or we take a step in the fog and we know the next step to take. So I think you just taught that part of Elder Bednar's talk is I, it, I, nevertheless, I know in whom I'm trusted to use Nephi's words, but I know that as I walk this road and I have a pretty good feeling I want to serve a mission, but I'm not exactly sure how out I'll be. And I think you, you'll you know how to do that at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, it it may depend, and you, you and I just trust you, and other people may give you a lot of advice and that may conflict advice, and some people may get overloaded with all the conflicting advice. And I think the better mm-hmm. thing is we just teach principles of personal revelation and say, I'm looking at your mom's name on the zoom. I'm going to call your mom because <laughs> uh, her name's on your zoom, but yeah, McKenna will just know how to do this. And you mm-hmm. may be out or you may not, but you'll know what to do at the right time. And I think that'll just be a pattern for your whole life. Yeah. I really like how you keep mentioning um, trust. Um, I think that that's definitely a important part to um, trust in others. Um, who are going through anything, not just um, things about LGBTQ, but um, in all aspects of our lives, but also to trust in ourselves, um, but most importantly, the Savior and our Heavenly Father. Um, I believe that um, everything happens for a reason. Um, And I also believe that I am who I am for a reason. Um, I have had blessings um, where it has said that um, Heavenly Father made me who I am for a reason, and He knows who I am, and He knew that this time would come for me to discover and understand who I am. But that um, I am to be a bridge for those who are LGBTQ and for those in the church. Um, to my main goal is kind of to tear down those walls and to build bridges instead, 
so that more LGBTQ people will feel welcome um, and feel that they belong in the church. Um, but yeah, for those who are LGBTQ or really struggling with anything, um, just uh, know that God trusts you with whatever challenge you're going through. Um, he has given you um, certain people in your lives um, to help you or help your faith. Um, anything like that. I had a friend today actually that was talking to me about um, Job and how Satan, um, how Job was basically the most righteous man on earth at the time. Um, but God allowed Satan to trial him. And um, basically, um, he, Job had everything taken away from him um, his family, his land, his animals, everything. Um, and I was kind of explaining to him that I believe that. Um, it is a lesson for us as well as a lesson for Job. Um, um, and I kind of use the analogy of, well, why do we not give, um, kids everything that they want to help them learn, to help them grow, to help them to trust themselves as well as us. Um, I believe that Heavenly Father, uh, always knows what is, uh, best for us, um, when it comes to everything. Um, there was a time when I was really struggling, um, and I was like, Heavenly Father, I, I just don't, I don't know what to do. Um, and then amongst like all the noise of the hallway at school, I just heard this small voice say, I just need you to trust me with this, trust me with this and everything will be okay. And everything is okay. Um, I like to, when I'm struggling, I like to look back at the things that I have overcome. God has never led me astray. God has never, um, I've never met anyone where God has, um, led them astray. Um, but yeah, I just think that, um, I'm just, I'm just so blessed to have the knowledge that I have and the people that I have in my lives, um, and things like that. But I also wanted to, um, so as I mentioned before, this was kind of supposed to happen a few months ago. <laughs> um, and I went through some things to help me, um, that I believe um, would help me um, on this podcast and with experiences. So I, um, I prefer suits to dresses. Um, I'm not trans. My pronouns are still she, her. Um, um, it's just my preference of clothing. Um, and so... Um, I was, my mom actually asked me, she's like, so you have all these suits. When are you like, are you going to wear them to church or something like that? I'm like, I've actually really been thinking about that. And I don't really know. <laughs> part of it was a fear. And the other part was, uh, was because I didn't feel a, um, a confirmation, um, from God that I felt comfortable to move forward with whether it was okay or not. Okay. Um, but then one Sunday morning, I was taking a shower and I had a dress picked out that I was going to wear. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get dressed and get ready for church. But then I, so I put my dress on, I brushed my hair and then I look in the mirror and the thought comes to me, what if I wore a suit today? And in my head, I'm like, what? That's a weird thought. Okay. It's kind of random. Um, and then this other thought came to me and it said, it's okay. And then I never felt such confidence in myself before right then and there I was like oh okay and so I left and I got my suit on and I 
I polished my shoes. I got everything ready. And I went to church in a suit that Sunday. Um, and at first I was really scared, but I wasn't as scared as I thought I would be um, because I really felt that confirmation from God that this was okay. Um, I don't believe that um, God cares about our physical appearance at all. Um, I definitely do th- um, think that he cares about how we take care of our bodies. Um, but as far as appearances go, I think that, um, and I like to believe that it's, it's really just where our heart is at. Um, I'm not trying to be rebellious when I wear a suit. <laughs> I'm just doing what I feel is comfortable for me. And I know that I have God on my side when I do it. Um, there have been a few times where um, I was kind of thinking to myself, what would Jesus say if he were here? But like, what would he say about my suit? And then this thought come to me and said, um, you look lovely in your suit today. And it just really just warmed um, my heart. And I thought it was um, great. But another experience that I had is, so I absolutely love to dance. Um, I do musical theater, so I love to sing and dance. And I just, I just uh, try to do it all. <laughs> um, and so um, the actually most recent dance, uh, church dance that I went to. Um, so usually when there are slow dances, I would kind of like hang off to the side. Um, if a guy would ask me, sure, like, you know what, sure. Like, I'll say yes. Um, and then, but this time it was kind of different for some reason. Um, I, so a guy asked me to dance. I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Um, and I just, I don't know. I just felt really uncomfortable. Um, I just didn't really like it in a way. It just, I don't know. I was just really uncomfortable. Um, and so whenever any other guy asked me, um, that night I would say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to dance with any, dance with anyone, um, because it made me uncomfortable. And I was kind of thinking about it. Um, and, um, I have a few guy friends that I would be perfectly fine with, um, uh, slow dancing with, um, because I know them and I trust them. Um, but yeah, those are just kind of some experiences that I've had recently, um, about that. So just kind of, um, trusting myself and trusting in heavenly father, um, and just being, um, one of the main things is being patient with myself as well as um, loving myself. Um, those are great stories. And um, I wrote down, I'm not being rebellious when I want to wear a suit from God. And I also wrote down, you thought, what would Jesus would say to you? You look great. And I think that teaches a principle that when we see somebody um, not fitting into a cultural norm or a cultural expectation that isn't our doctrine. It's just kind of a cultural assumption. That mm-hmm. I think it's time to pause and look at the person's heart or try to understand the full story here and create space for people to feel authentic. And And there's, you know, this is just a desire to to be your personal best and how you feel best to do that. And I thought that was a terrific story, and I hope you felt with love and support at your word family. And um, I just think the church is trying to get from a checklist-based thing with especially strength of youth to a principles-based. And um, so we create space for people to engage in our congregations and connect with our Heavenly Father in the way that works for them mm-hmm. and create space for those differences. Um, 
couple more questions. Well, a comment first, listeners, is um, way back in the podcast, you mentioned, a f- you know, kind of a somebody, I think it was a family member that talked about tomboy that was straight. And you're, you know, you've kind of talked about being a, obviously, I think you talked to yourself kind of being a tomboy who's not straight. And I think one of the things when I first stepped in the space, I thought I had really good gaydar listeners where I could, <laughs> I could, you know, I kind of knew who was gay and who was straight. And after meeting with, I don't know, a thousand people, my gaydar is terrible. I was, talk- <laughs> I was talking to my 90 year old mom today and we were talking about the subject. She brought it up and we kind of concluded, yeah, maybe there's some stereotypes and that's maybe not in the right word, but I think it's dismissive if we categorize everybody in stereotypes, um, just like, you know, there, some, you know, there's just a range of people that are queer and a range of careers, a range of interests, a range of whatever. Um, and stereotyping straight people or queer people, um, there's so much overlap, but I think we should get away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're helping us to do that. The question, you. You, you, go ahead. Do you have any comments on that? Um, I do, actually. I'm really glad that you brought that up because um, I was actually um, thinking about this a few days ago. Um, so, yes, I am more of a tomboy and, um, yes, I identify as a lesbian. Um, so I want to, um, that's not the only thing uh, about me that makes me me. Um, so I also used to play soccer. I play the trumpet. I love music. I love theater. I love all these different things. Um, and I want to talk about clothing a little bit. So of course there are certain people that you can, that kind of stand out and you might think, okay, they're probably gay. (laughs) Um, something like that, but it's not the label or title of being gay that makes them dress that way. It's their interests. It's like, so all of us have these different like groups that we like to um, join with. Like, let's say you like a certain genre of books. Um, That'll lead to more genres of books and stuff like that. Um, But if you're also someone who likes, um, let's say, fantasy drama, but you also like, um, I don't know, more horror, scary um, type drama that's just kind of what you're interested in um it doesn't necessarily uh mean that you need to categorize yourself into liking a specific thing um a lot of people kind of think that oh well if so and so hangs out with a lot of gay people then they might turn gay or something like that um gay people just so happen to have a lot of the same interests um, which kind of maybe they'll kind of dress in the same type of style or something like that, or like certain things. It's not necessarily, oh, well, they're gay, so they're going to dress that way. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think that's terrific. Um, so I think that's just part of learning as a society and um, hearing a lot of different stories before, and these broad brush conclusions usually aren't helpful. So that was really helpful segment, McKenna. Now, here's a question I know you can handle because I'm sure you've been asked. These are in the hard, <laughs> the harder questions. Um, All righty, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. What about someone that says to you or to just people in general, you're, this is just a phase, McKenna. You're a tomboy. You, you know, you're kind of into sports. You're really a confused straight person. 
who is going through a phase <laughs> that'll end up being straight and or I'm kind of being half funny here and half serious or, you know, society messages and the acceptance yeah. of LGBT people is at a very impressionable age where you're impressionable. This has sort of led you to identify with a group because you, because it's a phase and, and maybe that's true for, in a, I don't want to go down that road right now, but just talk okay. about, talk about <laughs> um, how you feel about that. Yeah. So, um, I've actually had this conversation with a few people. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I do believe that there definitely are some people out there who, um, are definitely questioning and then they feel like that, okay, well, I'm actually like kind of straight in the end. Um, I think that it all just comes down to, um, going through our own experience. So when a child um, begins to walk for the first time, or they take their first steps. Everybody's so excited and so happy for them. They're um, trying new things. They're starting to learn how to walk, and then walking leads into running. We're so excited for them and happy for them. But as we grow older, um, especially like the people um, around us, we tend to not celebrate that. Um, we tend to not celebrate. Um, oh my gosh, they discovered this part of themselves. I'm so happy for you. Or like they um, got this award. That is awesome. Even though um, you may not be interested in what they got the award for, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So just, just being open and understanding um, towards people. One of the main things that bothers me um, with um, people that mainly have a um, disagreeance or problem with people of LGBTQ, um, they don't take the time to understand. Um, they like, there was one time where, um, someone just kind of assumed that me calling myself was a lesbian meant that I didn't like the church anymore. I was planning on leaving. I wanted to marry a girl, like all this different stuff. <laughs> um, because they didn't take the time to actually like talk with me and um, be open and understanding of what I was going through, what my thoughts were. Um, there was just all this um, assuming going on. And I actually stopped and I said, um, I actually don't replace the title of me being a daughter of God with me being a lesbian. Me being a lesbian is just part of who I am. Um, another, another title that I have is trumpet player. Um, and yes, like all of my friends know that I'm a trumpet player. That just so happens because things come up in conversation. Um, but I also feel the need to come out and tell people about my sexuality um, because I know that other people are also struggling with it. And I feel like there needs to be, um, in a way, a change for good to help us um, not only understand LGBTQ, but understand everybody as a whole. We're all on this earth together. We're all, we all go through trials together, whether it be the same or completely different. All of us um, are going through these things together. And I think that we just need to be um, patient with ourselves. Um, I wanted to kind of go back to um, the idea of me marrying a guy. Um, I came up with this type of analogy for it <laughs> that I feel like would help some listeners. Um, if that's all right with you, of course. Please go for it. 
Awesome. So I was talking with, I've talked to a few friends about this. Um, this is actually the first time I've actually like kind of more publicly um, said that I want to marry a guy. I have only said that to really close family um, and really, really close friends. <laughs> um, but um, as time goes by, I feel more comfortable with being like, you know what? I don't care who knows. Um, so there's definitely that, but I also wanted to, um, kind of gain some perspective for the listeners. Um, so the analogy that I kind of came up with was what if everybody was blind? Let's, um, think outside the box here and pretend that everybody's blind for a second. Pretend that everybody's blind and that everybody has kind of a monotone voice. So you can't really tell, um, whether that person is a boy or a girl. Um, in a perfect world, um, there would be in a way a 50, 50 chance on whether you would marry a guy or a girl. But, um, um, as a, um, woman of faith, um, I believe that a guy would marry a girl and a girl would marry a guy because of, um, their personalities and stuff like that. Um, and, um, I just wanted, I think it's really interesting how people, um, get kind of, um, confused, which is completely understandable when I talk about this. Um, but it's not all about looks because in the end, when you really fall in love with someone, it's not about how they look, um, how their body is, stuff like that. It is about who they are as a person and in a way, how they compliment you and how they will walk with you, um, with, um, through all the things in life. And, um, uh, a lot of times, um, I've noticed that your spouse is your best friend. Um, someone that you can really trust that you feel comfortable talking to someone who is just there when you need them. So really all together, it doesn't matter how they look, um, how their hair is, anything like that. It's just who they really are and how you feel towards them. Wow. The words I wrote down right then were, who are you? <laughs> I mean that such a complimentary way. Here you are, tender age of 17. I'm in my 60s and I just look at you and I just am filled with hope for the future of our world and your spiritual maturity and your willing, your ability to articulate and the work you've done spiritually to be where you are. Um, you are part of the... I just think Heavenly Father is sending progressively more and more wonderful people to the earth that are old souls that you may, <laughs> you're a lot younger than me, but, you know, physically your time on earth, but who knows where people's spirits maturity is. And um, you give me hope for the future. And um, you're part of Gen Z. I think you know that as, yeah. I, <laughs> as I look at Gen Z listeners, that's, People born from 1997 to 2013, you're right in the middle of that. You're born in 2005. Um, yeah. I'm a baby boomer. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of, gen there's a few things between us and my age and your age. But Gallup poll, you probably know this data, McKinnon in 2022 said 19.7% of your generation identifies as LGBTQ. That's one in five. Yeah. And some would say, well, I don't know what I to make of that. Um, 
And my feeling is, is I've had people, more and more people my age come out to me and be on the podcast one. And they're really brave um, to do that, that they, most of them say I knew when I was eight or nine that I was different. <laughs> and it just took them, um, you know, 20, 30 years to sort of open up about this. And, um, but the, the, the walking that road alone for all those years isn't easy for them. And so I think it's a good thing. Um, you're not going to walk 20, 30, 40 years closeted um, with the shame that comes with that. And so there's very little shame. I wish people could see uh, McKenna's face and her eyes in the light. There's no embarrassment about who she is. There's no shame. She didn't look down when she said, I'm a lesbian. Um, and there's just this, this real maturity and this foundation of, I'm a daughter of God, and all these parts are part of that, and it's a good thing. And how I'm created is a good thing. And uh, so I look at, Gen Z is a terrific generation, and the fact that one in five of you is, identifies as LGBTQ isn't Satan confusing your generation or a sign of the last days. It's a, it's a good thing, and I think it takes internalized homophobia out of individuals as well as out of our society. And okay. I really feel like Zion isn't sameness, listeners. It's straight, and queer members working together to lift the burdens of others and queer members yeah. stepping forward. One thing for queer members that are thinking about serving a mission that may not know their future after a mission, um, you may still serve. There's no requirement to know the rest of your life to serve a mission, <laughs> but you may have enough of a testimony of the church and enough of a desire to bring people into Christ through our healing restored doctrine. You can serve and it may help you in your own spiritual journey just to gain more um, foundation to be able to um, chart your future with the personal growth and the relationship to develop um, with Heavenly Father and the Savior that will help you. Now, you've still got to decide if it's right for you, but I wouldn't just rule it yeah. out because you don't know exactly how your future is going to work in the church or society if you're queer. Um, listen to a lot of stories of, um, and be open to then writing your own story the best way to do that. Uh, but I love your analogies, and um, there's just time for one more segment. What would you like to share in just closing, McKenna? Um, just kind of overall, um, I believe that the most important thing that we can do is um, trust in Heavenly Father and in, and in um, Jesus Christ. Um, it has definitely helped me through um, a lot of things. Um, I have definitely had her her falls thrown in my life. <laughs> um, but all of it, just looking back, has helped me, me um make me who I am and for me into the person that I not only want to become, but the person that I believe God wants me to become. Um before we actually started and before we actually said a prayer together, um, I actually said a prayer on my own. Um and I could just uh, I just felt overwhelmed with the spirit and just tears started to run down my face. And I, I know and believe that I'm meant to be here at this time as a lesbian and as a daughter of God and as a member of the churches of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to um, be a bridge and um, help um, gather, gather Zion. 
um, to just help others and help people understand. I try, um, I think about every day how to um, reach out to others and um, be a light for everyone. So I just, I just really want to say thank you for um, just having this podcast. It really means a lot. Uh, sadly, we don't have the technology for this yet, but I wish I could just uh, reach through the screen and give you a big hug and just tell you how much I love you um, and how much I really just appreciate you doing this. So just thank you so much. You're you're awesome, McKenna. Um, you know, parents, I, I've, I, I don't want to keep talking, but I do a little bit sometimes. <laughs> I, I think it's okay to talk about um, LGBTQ people as your kids are growing up. and. I don't think it'll confuse straight kids to being LGBTQ, but it may, you can just have a fact-based discussion about who LGBTQ people are, what those letters mean, and how you respond if any of you, if any of you as kids um, decide that's who you are. And I don't think that's going to cause straight kids to come out as LGBTQ. I think it's going to cause your kids to know you're safe to open up and you may have six kids and they all may be straight, but they may recognize the principle you're teaching in your home is I am safe for you um, to open up about the realities of my life, whatever's going on in my life. And so having a family culture, you're consistently saying kind things about people in other political parties, um, people with different gender identities, sexual orientations, people with different legal status. I don't think, I think that's what Jesus modeled in his own ministry. Um, you could, might do that at church too if you're a local leader. I think it creates a feeling that you're a safe person. It's I think if any of your parents, you've got you know some step parents and some biological parents, um, local leaders. If you're listening to this podcast, I think you've done a terrific job um, in raising McKenna. I think this is a payday for you to recognize any of you that are involved in McKenna's life and. Um, none of us are perfect as parents, but I think the totality of what you've done here to raise this really mature, thoughtful, um, grounded daughter is a payday for you and um, and for all the adults and friends in your life that have been walking with you, including your mother that was willing to be on the podcast, Alicia and her good work and giving you that pin. I think that sends a great message to you. So I, I'm not going to say anything more, but if you do you have anything <laughs> else you want to say before we sign off? Um, just to the parents, um, I actually really like how you, uh, mentioned that, um, it's okay to, uh, mention of LGBTQ things, um, as kids are growing up. I actually would have, um, actually thought about that this, this morning. <laughs> um, I would have kind of preferred it, um, as I was growing up. So I wouldn't feel as scared as finding, when it comes to finding my identity, um, especially when it comes to the church. So, but yeah. That's great. So this is McKenna Goodrich. Is that how I say your last name? Yes. <laughs> McKenna Goodrich and Richard Osler signing off on another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love. <laughs>